Welcome to the 91st Minute. I'm Ryan Shop, and I'm joined as always with Tom Hayes. Tom, how are you this week? Yeah, I mean, pretty good. Been up and down week, but pretty good. We yeah. made it. Once again, it has been an action-packed field week. Of course, we had the second match day of the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the uh, yeah, we had the U, um, U, Europa League. Uh, and the Conference League as well. Um, we also had Premier League Match Week, uh, the last week, last match of Premier League Match Week 6, and the r- most of, all of Premier all League of. Match Week 7. Yeah. Which was all matches, or a lot of matches, were uh, interesting. Once again, uh, seven weeks yeah. in. Um, still, you know, no clear favourite at this point. I'd say in the Premier League... Or the Champions League. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, there's a bit to get... There's not much to get through, I should say, um, in this week's podcast. Uh, we just have to go through all the games, um, the Champions League and the Premier League. Uh, there's a few interesting topics to talk about in those ma- matches, um, clubs and so forth. Uh, and then we'll have the rundown. Um, obviously, there are no... Uh, fixtures this week as it is uh, the international break it only seemed like there was one a week ago um but yeah. it's come back around again i think this is the second last for the year i think there's one more to come if i'm right but yeah yeah and there probably won't be any next year oh, there'll be Might some be one there should be not some, many um, um i think because of the world cups next year yeah well, well i mean this time next this time next year, there'll be like a month prem break. Well, not this time, but in a few in a month time or so next year, there'll be a whole month December, break. Focus, yeah, mid November to mid December. So, um, yeah, um, let's get straight into it. So this week, as Shoppy already said, we had the end of match week six, um, all of uh, Champions League match day two, and then all of Premier League match week seven. Uh, so quite a bit to get through, but. Luckily, there's no <laughs> fixtures to talk about. Otherwise, this would be well over an hour. Um, so we'll get straight into the final match week six game, which was Palace and Brighton playing at a 1-1 draw. Wilfred Zaha scoring a penalty just before halftime and Neil Mope with an equaliser right at the end of the game in the 95th minute. Um, if Brighton mm. were to win this, they would have gone top of the league for the first time in their history. Um, however, they weren't able to get the three points. They were pretty much they were pretty lucky to just get the one point actually. Um, in the grand scheme of things, looking at how they managed to get the point, but yep. yeah, um, uh, yeah, anything to say on that? Really, not really. Um, bit of a letdown, I think, for Brighton, who started their season quite well. Um, Graham and they Potter still have tipped to. Oh yeah, no, that that is true. Uh, Graham Potter tipped to potentially be moving to a few big clubs if um, they get um, rid of their managers. I think um, he's more like a heir presumptive of a few clubs. Um, yeah. A lot of clubs have, you know, scouted him in, in, in a way. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's been consistently good um, at his time in Brighton. Um more so, I think, consistently consistent, a bit like um, Sean Dyche 
at Burnley, mm. but yeah, um, it would have been good have, to see. But they have had yeah. a few close calls in like the last yep. four or five seasons, but yeah, managed to keep them up. Um, so for Champions League, we'll go through every group um, alphabetically. So from A to H, I think it goes to. Um, yep. So yeah, uh, Group A first came. We had RB Leipzig and Club Bruges. Uh, Leipzig mm. one, Bruges two. Um, yeah, another. I don't know if it's an unexpected one, but Bruges have been quite impressive already this season in the Champions League specifically. Um, we had Nkunku with the first goal, which was his fourth of the campaign in two games. And then Vanneken and Ritz scored the final two, putting Bruges ahead. And yeah, that was their first win of the group. Um, I think that puts them in the top two for now. Um, yep. Leipzig, probably the team in trouble here, I'd say. They're sitting bottom of the group, no wins, minus four goal difference. Um, but yeah. I think they, they even though they scored I mean, three goals against City, it still wasn't enough. They still lost by three goals. Um, um, you'd have to say they're still coming to terms with the loss of Nagelsmann to Bayern. Yeah. Um, and he obviously had a massive impact there. Um, and they've lost a few key players as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was surprised that Club Bruges managed to get over um, RB Leipzig because they've still got that same sort of play that Nagelsmann installed in the team. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much all I can say on that one. Yeah. Hopefully Bruce can, um, you know, throw a curveball in that group as well. Hopefully yep. one of PSG or City don't get through. Um, put my money. <laughs> Hope City don't get through. <laughs> yeah. I put my money on City not getting through. Um, yeah. If it's either if, of them. Yeah. If one of them was to. And now we'll talk about City and PSG. <laughs> who played in Paris, um, PSG winning 2-0. Uh, Adresa Garnagay with the first in the eighth minute and Messi scoring his first goal for PSG in the 74th minute in, uh, you know, Messi style. <laughs> in pretty pretty decent goal from outside the box. Um, and, yeah, that put PSG top of the group. Um, so, yeah, I think at this stage, Bruges... Uh, second, yeah. P- uh, Man City yep. third at the moment. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember the groups off That's the right. head. But yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know why, but Man City were actually favourites going into this match. Um, but yeah, PSG able to find a way, I suppose. Um, yeah. I, I don't think City, not had a chance is probably the wrong word, but um, they didn't, didn't look like bad. they were going to win at any point during the match, I don't think. I think yeah. PSG, especially after the first goal, I think they looked like... Especially because um, it was so were, early as well. Yeah. Um, one of the more interesting things to happen was um, when City were taking a free kick. I can't remember who was taking. I think possibly the Bruyner. No. Yeah. yeah. They've got plenty. Um, could be Mares. Could have been... Yeah, I can't remember Bernardo who was taking Silva. it. But I do remember <laughs> that um, they made Lionel Messi arguably the greatest football of all time, lie down behind the wall. Um, but obviously he's a good team player and he did it. Um, but imagine Pochettino at training saying, now, Leo, when there's a free kick, um, we want you to lie down behind. And he's not a tall bloke. You, yeah, you I was going to say, tall probably, bloke behind it. Oh, um, he wouldn't have been too he, much use in the wall. No, yeah. Well, that is true. But I mean, behind it comes more. But I think it's more probably he can read it from there as well. And 
he's probably can position himself better than any other player in the planet. So if he's lying, well, lying down, down. Still better than half of them. Yeah. What well, else can you, you do? Know, You're just lying there. Yeah, but how far to the left, how far to the right? I think he would have calculated that. I've seen him put a ball down. Watching Lionel Messi put a ball down to take a free kick is like he's some sort of cyborg robot. He's just like calculating everything like, oh, this bloody grass is too big it, and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. Um, anyway, it was just odd to see. Um, but he also scored. So, yeah, uh, he scored his first goal. Um, yeah, still haven't scored one in league on yet. Um, PSG, I think uh, they lost their first game of the season as well against. Yeah. I forgot who it was. It was funny. But... You wouldn't have thought Manchester City lost this match after the press conference that Pep Guardiola gave. He was just going, really? oh, Lionel Messi, you know, he's the, he's great. How great is Lionel Messi? Um, oh, I loved him when he was his playing post-match. for me. post-match. Yeah, it was... Oh, um, I thought you meant like his pre-match press conference. No, no, no. Well, like, they didn't lose before the game. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was probably the supposed to be the biggest match of the week. So Yeah. Um, well, I don't know what the biggest match we'll get. We'll get to one, we'll decide on mm. which one we think. Well, I think we know which one might have been. Um, moving on to group B, Atletico Madrid beating AC Milan 2 1 uh, in Italy. Liao with the first one for AC Milan, putting them ahead, but then nine minutes later, they were down to 10 men when Kessie got his second yellow, so he'll miss the match day three match against Porto. Uh, Griezmann scored his first goal since rejoining from Barcelona in the 84th minute. And then Suarez converted a 97th minute penalty to put him ahead. Mm. Um, So yeah, two, two ex Barca players doing, doing good for one of their rivals Um, in the champions league while Barcelona in the dumps, well and truly in the dumps at the moment. Yeah, um, I'm very surprised with um, AC Milan's performance. Um, I thought they were going to do quite well in this competition. Um, they could easily, I think, now find themselves uh, playing for a Europa League spot, um, not making yeah. it through to the next round. Atletico, though, I'd say um, are quite dangerous, um, both their league performances, but especially in the Champions League so far. Um, mm. Yeah, it could and be a, a, good, a good away a performance as well against AC Milan, who... You know, played yeah. pretty good in match day one as well. Um, in the other Group B match, uh, mm. Porto played Liverpool well. in Portugal. Went 5-1 to Liverpool. Salah scoring two, Mane scoring one, and Firmino scoring two off the bench. Mm. The classic front three. Um, Taremi scored the only goal for Porto. I believe he was the bloke that won Champions League goal of the year last season. If I'm wrong, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, with the goal against Chelsea with the bicycle. Chelsea, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, there wasn't really. I think the last three times Liverpool have faced Porto, they've scored um, 14 goals or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Porto, probably the weakest in the group at the moment. Well, and truly at the moment, they're the bottom mm. of the group. When um, they play yeah. Milan, it will be very interesting, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, next game week. We'll definitely be telling in that group. Um, but yeah, Group C, Ajax uh, defeated Besiktas 2-0. Pretty straightforward mm-hmm. result. Berghaus with the first. Haller with his fifth in the opening two matches as he scored the second. That is the He's the first player to score five goals in the opening two matches of the campaign. 
Um, obviously scored four goals in the first game against uh, Sporting. Um, but yeah, Ajax moving along pretty comfortably. Uh, Dortmund defeated Port, uh, Sporting in the other Group C match with Daniel Marlin scoring his first goal for Dortmund. Mm. Um, Erling Haaland didn't play this match. Um, which is why I was it's like when I was looking through the goals, I was like, oh, no, Harlan, was he playing? No, he wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Daniel Marlin uh, getting his shot in the limelight without Harlan in the way. Um, but yeah, I think that he's, one's another pretty straightforward group. I think he's we both another, Dortmund. another one of these players that Dortmund have managed to get for nothing. Yeah. Um, and will probably be, end up being sold for a lot of money to a big, yeah. bigger club. Um, I don't know how they do it, but. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Like, who, who have they got at the moment? They've got Haaland, Bellingham, Marlon. That's just three. They had Sancho. <laughs> I mean, that just keeps rolling in, really. And they've had plenty yeah. in the past as well. Uh, Group D, um, which may have held one of the games of the week. Uh, the first one was Shakhtar Donetsk and Inter Milan, who played a nil-all draw. Um, pretty even game. Wasn't very, very entertaining. Uh, as the store, a score line showed, but I think in the reverse fixture, well, not the reverse fixture, but the exact same fixture last season when they faced in the group stage, it was also nil nil. So both teams not really moving anywhere or making any progress. Yeah, maybe they although the same progress. Although they've lost Inter Milan, have lost quite a few players. Um, most notably, uh, yeah. Romelu Lukaku, arguably um, weaker. Oh, the last time. Weaker. Um, they've lost their manager. Um. Yeah, Shakhtar, I don't think they've lost anyone. Not that I can You don't really, remember. yeah. I don't really. <laughs> no one's significant anyway. Yeah. But they were obviously close to knocking Real Madrid out last time. So if Inter... Yeah, yeah well, Inter, they're definitely they both a, a finished out. Well, Shakhtar finished third, Inter finished fourth last time in the group last... Uh, not last... Yeah. Oh, yeah, last season. Um, the other Group D match, which was probably the most significant... Um, we had Real Madrid playing at Sheriff in Madrid um, with Sheriff uh, winning 2-1 away from home, claiming their second win in, of their Champions League history. Yakshabov <laughs> uh, Yaks- with the first one in the 25th minute. Benzema equalized mm. in the 65th minute with a penalty, um, which was rightly given. And then... Yeah. Till in the 89th minute, scoring a pretty decent yeah. volley from outside the box, um, putting Sheriff ahead and on top of Group D after two games, which is unreal. None of us, I mean, I can predict. I can see them making it to the, the final eight at least. You know, I can also see him get a knocked out of the group stage. <laughs> um, but I We've think it's funny because last. When I predicted them to win, I predicted them to beat Real Madrid. You had a laugh, but I was actually serious. Um, I wasn't joking. Um, at the Bernabeu, they've beaten Real Madrid, and they could have scored a few more. Um, some would say Real Madrid might have been a little bit unlucky, but I think the Sheriff just outplayed them in most parts of the field. Um, and they weren't holding possession as well. Um, once against Real once Madrid. Sheriff, I'd say the fair way to put it, I think, is... You know, they didn't really get it into their final third often, but once they did, it was very dangerous. And I think Real Madrid did a decent job of keeping it out of that third, especially after they scored in the first half. 
Um, but Ramadri just had no answer. To, they couldn't they couldn't find a way through. And I think um, the minute Sheriff found it into their third, you know, it showed they scored. Um, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say they outplayed them, but they maybe outsmarted them potentially. Um, uh, no, I'd, I'd still say they outplayed them. Especially, well, I'd say they outplayed them in the final third. Um, that's probably fair yeah, enough. Well, um, yeah, especially in the second half. Um, but that late winner, what a goal! Yeah, absolutely unreal goal. Um, moving on to Group E, other side of the or the other day. I think this one was the. That was the Wednesday fixtures, the Thursday morning fixtures. Uh, Bayern defeated Dynamo Kiev 5-0. Uh, Robert Lewandowski scored twice in the opening half. One was a penalty. The other one was just another regular Lewandowski goal. Um, uh, Serge Gnabry scored. Leroy Sane scored. And then Chupa Moting scored. Just kept and kept piling on the goals. They absolutely dismantled them at home. Um, you know, Kiev, another one of those teams probably didn't expect to beat Bayern at Bayern, but also probably wouldn't have expected them to lose five nil. And in the way they did, they just got absolutely dismantled. Um, the other group E match, which is another big talking point is Benfica defeating Barcelona three nil, uh, Nunes with the opening goal in the third minute, uh, Silva scoring in the 69th and then Nunes scoring another through penalty, um, Thanks to Dest uh, hand, handling the ball in the box. Yeah. Um, and then just to put salt in the wound, Eric Garcia got his second yellow right at the end of the game. So he'll miss the Kiev fixture next uh, next match day. But yeah, um, this one raised a lot of alarms at Barcelona, specifically for Komen, who was questioned whether he would, um, you know, if he's underperforming or if he was to leave. I think he's still got the backing of the board at this stage. It was announced mm-hmm. during the week. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look good for him in the league and the they, Champions League. Yeah, I I don't know if they have, he has the actual backing of the board. What I think has happened is they've put. It's been known for a while that he's not the choice of especially the new president or new old president, um, and and a lot of the people on the board. It's a new board as well because when they have presidential elections, they get rid of a lot of the board or it's put up as well. Um, but he's always, ever since he's come in, I think he was like a last minute replacement kind of thing. He hasn't always felt like he was yeah. chosen specifically for the job. Um, there were some uh, people saying he was brought in to bring in some of the Dutch players, which he'd worked with in the Dutch national team. But I don't think the fans have ever been behind him. Um, and now that, you know, he doesn't have Messi, doesn't have uh, Griezmann, um, doesn't have Suarez. <laughs> You go on, um, all the yeah. players that are missing, and they're performing like this. Who, what top tier manager that is currently out of a job would want to take on Barcelona? Um, because taking on Barcelona at a good time is hard enough with the fans. Because as soon as if they don't like you, they will ha- they don't like you, and they've forced managers out before. So I think yes, they're behind him, and they've said it probably to put some rumors to rest. But I don't think it's out of conviction it's more of convenience if that makes any sense i find it hard to believe that any manager would be able to take a barcelona that's just lost possibly the greatest player in the world ever Mm. 
to success. Uh, I, I know no, it's a I, hard I task at start, and you know, especially with the money issues that they had, they couldn't sign as uh, you couldn't sign who they wanted or anyone big. And you know, they had to take heaps of salary cuts with players, but it's obviously a difficult mm. issue. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. even despite that, they still seem to be underperforming. I mean, they're ninth ninth in the league. Yeah. Um, last in the group, no points because they still have some really good shambles. players and a lot of good young talent that is still to yeah. come through. Um, and their academy, um, Messia, I think it's called, probably said that wrong. Um, is um, you know, next to only a few in the world. Um, and their facilities, they're you know, going to redo the Bernabeu, which is the largest stadium in Europe, bigger than Wembley, big, bigger than Wembley. Um, so, you know, and it's not just a football club too. It's a, it's an institution. Um, it is, um, a symbol of the Catalan people, um, like n- barely any other football teams or sporting teams in the world are. Um, so there's that added pressure. And even though they haven't got the, the players, if they brought in a new manager, there would still be an expectation to win. Um, it's just something that's, oh, it's just know, the something that's always going to be with the club. Yeah. And I think mm, well, yeah. I was just looking at but their starting eleven. I don't think he's doing 11. such a bad job. Yeah, Which I mean it's got. hard. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not like he's not. Yeah, it's hard to put your finger on yeah. like where they should be without Messi, with a new manager, with the mm. outs they have. Because I know they're playing Luke De Jong and the Pie, two new strikers. Yeah. Um, up front, and they had a new centre back as well. Garcia was sent off. I mean, a lot of things didn't go their way, but at the same time, they probably. Shouldn't have been in that position to start with. No. Um, and this could no. go back years and, I, and years and years and years through <laughs> through their financials. Oh, yeah. Um, the last president um, kind of screwed things up in terms of managers and bringing in certain players and finances and what have you, but that's well documented. I think when Messi was there, they weren't playing Messi properly in his correct position. Um, I think that kind of changed towards the end, but also I think he struggled to line up the team um, or get the right combination of players. Um, and then, so he's, he's managed to maybe get it close. And we saw a little bit of good spells from Barcelona last year and then players leave. So he's got to start back again. So yeah. I don't envy his job at all. It's, you know, one of the hardest jobs in the world. Um, in, I'd say football. it's the hardest at the moment. Yeah. I, I mean, can't think I of just, anyone that's just, harder. I, I can't, you know, state how much pressure is on um, Real Madrid, but also Barcelona, I would say even more in, in terms of the Spanish media. Um, and if the fans don't like you, they will go after you. The, the media will go after you. Um, yeah. And it's forced players um, out of that club many, many times. It for, it's pretty much forced um, Johan Cruyff out of Barcelona, the legend yeah. um, who won so much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for a while, but yeah, yeah, but we good have for Benfica. Another podcast. Yeah, good, good job, Benfica. Um, yeah, first time since 1997, Barcelona going five straight matches without a win. Which, when you think about, it, that's mental that they've from for at least 25 years or just about 25 years, every five games they would have had at least a win. Like some clubs would go mm. more than that without a win or without even, but more than that would just lose losses. But um, yeah. It's another first that they've broken. Um, final three groups. Now, Group F, we have Atalanta defeating Young Boys 1-0. Uh, 
Pasina with the winner. I think they deserve to win as well. Um, young boys didn't really have any threat towards them. But yeah, Atalanta getting their first win of the campaign. And on the other side of Group yep. F, Man United defeated Villarreal, mm. getting a redemption of some sort um, against their Europa Awkwardly. League finalists. Yeah, so Alcacer it wasn't comfortable. Put, yeah, Alcacer put Villarreal in front. Tellers scored a pretty decent volley from a set piece. It looked like it was a training routine um, set piece that they'd set up and it worked. And Ronaldo had to be Ronaldo with the winner in the 95th minute um, off the with Jesse Lingard with the assist, I think it was. But yeah, I think United were lucky to escape with three points. One point seemed pretty pretty fair. Um, but yeah, they are. Uh, they uh, yeah got the victory in the yeah. end. Um, I don't know what that group looks like. Do you have it in front of you? Uh, nope. I can get it up there. Hang on. It's all right. I got it. Oh no, maybe I don't. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, I think you know it probably deserved to be a draw. If I'm honest, but yeah, I would agree a hundred percent. Yeah, so Atalanta. Gee, okay, so that that group, Atalanta's top, Young Boys second, United third, Villarreal fourth. Um, so that's yeah, yeah, one to look out for. Um, I honestly, I think you could be looking at a situation where Manchester United actually don't make it through. Um, if they well, play what happened, some, that's what happened last, last season. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll first in after four games. Um, so they're in a yes. definitely a worse position now. Um, now Group G, uh, we have Salzburg defeating Lille two one. Adeyemi added mm. again with uh, two penalties scored. I think the second one was very unlucky. Um, it was more the follow through from the tackle that granted the penalty as uh, Botman got the ball cleanly, um, but yeah, followed through and you know may have caused injury to. Mm. Um, his opponent, but yeah, gave them a penalty, went 2-0 up, and then Yilmaz uh, scored one for Lille in the 62nd minute. But yeah, Salzburg now have received five penalties across two games, and they've only scored three of them. Um, so they could have been 2-0 yep. after the first two, but wasn't to be. Uh, Wolfsburg and Sevilla played at a 1-1 draw. Stefan with the first for Wolfsburg, and then they received uh, well, Gulavogi just received two yellow cards. Uh, it was sent off in the 85th minute. Um, and then two minutes later, Rakitic equalized with his second goal, second penalty, I should say, of the uh, competition. But yeah, yeah, I want to say this right now. I think Wolfsburg are the unluckiest team in the comp so far. They've had two harsh, the same thing. Two harsh, um, you know, sending offs. They've had they're, they're mm. both yellow card incidents. Uh, so accumulation of yellows. Um, and they both granted late equalizers for the opposition, potentially, mm. well, not potentially, because it did lose them points. And the other talking point I had was I don't think Sevilla uh, are a threat because no. they've only scored two goals from penalties. It hasn't been convincing whatsoever if that wasn't for the penalties. And I think this the same goes for Salzburg as well. They hadn't received those penalties in the first game. That would have been a pretty boring game against Sevilla. But especially against Lille, two penalties, two goals. They won by a goal. Um, but yeah, Group G still another 
interesting group to look out for because like there's no real you know i mean there's they're all big teams but um you know one of them against other teams they probably won't appear so big um but yeah yeah two of those are definitely going to be playing in the round of 16 which will make things exciting and our group h uh zenit defeated malmo 4-0 cladenio with the first kazayev with the second Malmo received a red after half time to Ahmed Hozic. Ahmed, Ahmed Hozic, I think it is. Um, and then Sutorman and Wendell scored the third and the fourth for Zenit. But yeah, it was the first time in Champions League history that a Russian side faced a Swedish side. Um, but yeah, Zenit clearly the dominators in that game. And the final match of the match day two, the Champions League, Juventus defeated Chelsea 1-0 um, in Italy. Chiesa with the winner just after half time. But yeah, Juventus, this was a much needed win for Juventus just mm. in the grand scheme of things for their uh, whole season. Yeah. Struggling a bit in the CBR. But yeah. Yeah, I'd say for Chelsea, it was a bad day at the office. Um, there was a few outs. The, uh, Mason Mount and Kante especially. Um, yep. But I don't think, I, I think the goal was pretty good, but I think it was just, you know, not lucky, but, you know, it happens. It's um, one of those ones. Yeah. I, yeah. It was just one of those ones. And then the game was pretty, pretty bland after that. I, I did find it a bit odd how um, Allegri comes out and says, oh, they're the champions of Europe. I'm very surprised. You know, we just beat them, blah, blah, blah. Like he's talking himself up. And I think, okay, right. <laughs> One game. Yeah, very odd um, for manager. Well done. Like, well done, but it wasn't like convincing. Um, Thomas Tuchel wouldn't have been happy with a few of the decisions, but, you know, it felt like a draw, but like the game, even after they scored, it still felt like it was 1-1. I don't know why. Um, Chelsea <laughs> didn't really have a lot of opportunity to take a lot of opportunities inside their the final third. Um but yeah, uh, well needed for Juventus, as you just said, um, who are yeah. struggling still um, in Syria. Yeah, 100%. Um, it was the uh, second time that Chelsea had conceded uh, back-to-back losses under Tuchel, which is still pretty outstanding. Um, Has it done three yet? how long he's been Touch there. Wood. No. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't gone back-to-back-to-back yet. And yeah, they Juventus were both 1-0. still seventh. They were both one nils. Yeah. Um, City and Juventus. Yes. Juventus are seventh in the league, 10 points away from the top, four points off the Champions League. I mean, they're still a very, very long season. Mm-hmm. Um, now, oh, yeah, I feel like I've been talking for ages. Uh, Premier League match yep. week seven. We got all 10 games to go through. Um, thankfully, some of these are pretty plain, so we can just go straight through them. Uh, first off the first is one. probably not. Uh, we have United and Everton playing 1-1. I don't know why I watched this game. <laughs> um, it, it turned out to be not that bad. Uh, probably the best result I could have asked for, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, Anthony Martial uh, with the first in the 43rd minute. His first goal since he scored two in the 9-0 thrashing of Southampton last season. Um, Andros Townsend with the second in the 65th minute. Um, yeah, consecutive dropped points at home for United. Ronaldo on the bench was a weird one, um, especially in such a 
in such a fixture where he could have had a big effect. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And the fact that I think one that's on the lips of a lot of people and that I've seen a lot on Twitter is, I don't know how, what Van der Beek has to do to get a start yeah. over the likes of Fred, who continues to make uh, errors game after game and pretty much cause the equaliser in the second. Yep. I think there's a bigger problem, <clears throat> and that's probably the manager, um, who's a bit of a weird loose cannon at the moment, complaining this way and that way about everything, it would seem. Um, the biggest complaint I think he had, or the weirdest one, was, oh, there wasn't enough game time. Um, Chelsea got more game time or something. He, he did mention that. And it was a couple of hours difference <laughs> in terms of when we played in the Champions League. Bizarre. Um, and like then rest, he's mentioned you mean? a few things. Yeah, but he's also uh, mentioned a few things um, in previous match weeks, which, you know, it's like more like fishing for excuses, I think. Um, Complained so about not almost, getting penalties. Yeah. He's and then almost, they got one and they um, missed. Yeah. So he's almost been manager there for three years since he took that to go took over the reins um, first as uh, temporary, but then obviously um, he got the top job. Um, skeptical at first, but he's done relatively well i'd say um he hasn't won a trophy yet but, you know you got to give him time um people have said um he's lacked consistency i'd say um last year you could argue he had the best, best chance season. to yeah but he also had the best chance to win out of any other teams i mean if you look how far back city were it was the closest um, they, they were to a trophy as well yeah um, obviously losing in the final against Villarreal on penalties, on penalties. shouldn't have, shouldn't have happened. They should, it shouldn't have been a draw, honestly, with the, um, squad they have, there's really no excuses for that Villarreal side. Um, although it is especially you know, one now. Of the game. So yeah. Um, but then, you know, you go through the start of the season, it's been seven games so far. They've had 14 goals. Um, out of 42 shots on target. I think it's about 120 shots altogether. So it's a bit meh. They've had one clean sheet in seven matches. Yeah, that's a worry. That is not good. And they've conceded six goals, um, which is, I think, the most out of the top four. Um, so Yeah. So that means yeah, they've only um, conceded one in each of their games, really, because they've yeah. had one clean sheet. And I think this game really highlights a lot of the problems they're having in terms of the way they set up, in terms of the way... The culture is a big thing, but, you know, that's a completely different thing. But especially the way they set up, you know, their biggest signing, arguably, or a few of their biggest signings, um, were on the bench. Ronaldo, the highest profile signing, Sancho. was started on the bench. Now, he is experienced enough to know when he's injured or when he's tired and when he needs rest. And if you're only going to Solskjaer, you go, he'll tell me. And, you know, it's probably true. Deciding to play Cavani... Instead Martial, not. Oh, oh yeah. mate. Well, it depends where you put him. Yeah. Oh, I um, mean, up, at, at, at the front, yeah. Martial, Greenwood, and Cavani. Yeah. Very weird. Um. Yeah. It was a. I think a four-five-one or a four. Depends how they're positioned. But yeah. So he had Cavani, Martial, Fernandez, Greenwood. So Martial, uh, Fernandez, Greenwood. About okay. You could probably charge in maybe Pogba or. Um, Sancho potentially. Um, then you have Fred uh, McTominay. Fred should not be starting for this team. Um, 
Mm, no. Like, it's just simple. Straight uh, Vanderbeek, um, even maybe Sancho, he could play down there, but um, I think Vanderbeek deserves that. Um, even then Lingard. You had, yeah, even Lingard. Then you have Shaw, Varane, Lindelof, uh, Wembasaka, Wembasaka, Lindelof. Uh, I'd Lindelof, say the back four is fine. Start. I think the back four is fine. Who else yeah. have they got? Oh, I mean, Harry Maguire. Well, on the so. bench, you had Tellers, Meh, Pogba, Vanderbeek, Lingard, Sancho, Bailey, Henderson, who, you know, he's probably not going to be playing many matches as goalkeeper, sadly. No. Uh, Ronaldo and Matic. Um, but outs you had, who didn't even make it into the, I don't even know if they were injured. Uh, they might have been. Rashford, Diallo, and Harry Maguire, the major outs. Um, so Rashford's, Rashford's injured. Diallo went on loan somewhere, I think. Or he was going to, but he was injured. And Maguire's injured. So, yeah. Ooh. All right, they're injured. But still, with the with the bench you have and the way you set up, I, um, and I'd still think I'd say that they are the strongest team in terms of squad depth. Um, yeah, the only the only the only thing I could think of is what would have been going through Ollie's head, or what should have been going through Ollie's head with this lineup is that it's Everton. We may be able to escape with three points, playing a weaker side yeah. and resting place. But then going into an international break where you don't have to you worry about that. You your players' lose. fitness. You don't have to worry about your players' fitness yep. either. That's That then goes to the mm. national team. Um, it's, just a, it's just a weird, weird decision to make, yeah. especially after midweek and where the decisions just escaped. You know you really want to get three points. Yep. And the decisions made during that game, um, Jaden Sancho came on in the... Jaden Sancho and Ronaldo came on in the 57th minute. Now... If they were performing as badly as they were for that long, because um, it wasn't good performance. Yeah, they got the goal in the 43rd minute, but wasn't great. Um, those two players coming on then, it's too late, in my opinion. The game's, you know, three quarters done. Half time, yeah, that's about right. But even before, especially for Ronaldo, who should have started. I, I even think Sancho had, had a case for starting. Um, they come on 10 minutes later, or less than 10 minutes later, Townsend scores. Um, pretty decent goal. Fred stays on until the 70th minute. Yeah. He waits 70 minutes to pull Fred after he's given away a goal. I don't know what Fred's done to deserve that. (laughs) I don't know what he's done to to start, to be honest. Um, And it didn't tell me, tell me your, tell me your ideal starting 11. Like say say it's a four three three, your ideal starting eleven yep. against Everton in this situation, what would it be? Um, if we didn't with the injuries as well or without, um, with what, like what what, what, what he's got, got to juice from bench and just that? say from uh, what's so here now, yeah, yeah. I think the back four, yes, are right. I I would have put Henderson in goal, um, just because it is Everton and I. For some reason, I think he, I've, when I've seen him, I think he handles the pressure um, in tighter situations better than De Gea. Um, but De Gea's been all right. So interchangeable, in my opinion. So I, would, I would, yeah, I would say the back four is right, but I would stick with De Gea only because of his experience. Yeah, I, I would say either either. It, it, yeah, you, it, you can't yeah. really go wrong, I don't think. You can't. And I think if they put Henderson in, I don't think it would have been complaining because it's Everton and you. It's not a huge team. 
and yeah. you want him to get a bit of game time as well. Especially um, looking at Everton's attack, you know, Rondon Gray. I mean, oh yeah, it's not very, um, it's not a very big threat at this stage. Who would you go middle so three? So, is a bit of an interesting one. I mean, he's good, but he has moments yeah, where I, you just go, you wonder. I would st- um, I would stick with Fernandez McTominay. I don't think I mean Pogba should be starting over Fred any day of the week if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I would yeah, Van der Beek. He just needs he just needs more. He needs to slowly get himself. What I mean, Oli needs to slowly get him into you know starting matches because you've seen what he can do at Ajax, and it's just absolutely criminal that he's literally sitting on the bench every week. He's had 18 months sitting on the bench, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then front three. Bad. Um, Who do you go? But obviously, um, I'd probably go with um, Greenwood or Sancho, but maybe Sancho just to um, give him a bit more game time. And he, he's been playing decently when he has been given a chance. Um, Ronaldo and Lingard, um, who's been playing pretty well as well and scoring. Um, and he seems to work quite well with... Um, Especially when uh, Pogba was behind, which I put in the midfield, um, works well with Ronaldo as well, um, which is a good little yeah. partnership I think they've had starting. But it's kind of these things that just came to, you know, take it back a, a few steps. Um, it seems to be, you know, perhaps one foot f- forward, two steps back in some situations. I, you know, if you look at some of the stats, um, possession, they had 71.8% of possession. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> They to get the the goal that Everton did um, is beyond me in in some respects. Um, Jules won though on the ground fifty seven point four in Everton's favour, in the air fifty eight point one. Um, offsides were even at two each. Corners um, were ten to one in United's favour. Mm. They didn't they can't make anything of corner it seems. Um, shots uh, thirteen to twelve. Uh, United's favour and shots on target six to two, um, and of those two on target, they scored one Everton, and they had six. Uh, so they had five shots that they missed. Um, thing. I, yeah. So as I said, it just doesn't seem to be working. The, um, just the, des- you know, the, the decision making, the decision making itself just seems off. And I think and it's, I he's this- constantly being questioned by it, and he always deflects it. Yeah. He does. I think it's a mix of that. Um, average performances, a bit spotty, I'd say. Um, but I have said, I don't think his style, he hasn't changed it. Um, and his style is not suited to the squad he has. Um, He's not using the squad as he should. I mean, we no, could talk no, about no. this all day. You, you need to build a team about around one man, pretty much, in this team. And he hasn't done that. Um I don't yeah, think he I think, can. I don't think he has to, honestly, because he needs to. You try, know, when you but, spend all that money on Sancho as well, he shouldn't be on the bench. That's what I'm I mean, saying. It's but obviously like, going to take time man, to integrate him, but gee, where's the the strongest squad um, at the moment? And but I also think this could be as far as United get under Oli. Close, but not. I close honestly, enough. think they they're close to hitting a wall. In terms of that, um, I mean, as a, get a trophy or not, as a Liverpool yeah. fan, I love it. As a Premier League fan, not so much. Knowing Man United should be, yeah, you know, uh, Man United as a yeah, they they need to be up there, and that 
since uh, Ferguson left, a lot, lot has changed. Probably not for the the best, I'd say. Um, but they've still managed to attract all these high-profile players and spend all this money, but don't really seem to get too far. Right. Anyway, so that's about it for that. Yeah, we um, talked about that yeah. way too long. I got, I started yep. thinking. Anyway. Um, this one we can pretty much skip Burnley and Norwich playing at a nil all draw both sides still without a win this season uh, Norwich getting their first point of the season um, in a nil all draw which is just Norwich um, Chelsea defeated Southampton 3-1 pretty convincing style Chalabar with a first Ward Prowse um, with a penalty I'd say it's a fairly given penalty as well, but then he got sent off, which I think was fairly uh, reasonable as well. Um, yep. And then Tino Werner scored his first goal in seven months um, in the 84th minute. And Ben Chilwell with his return to the squad, making it 3-1. Uh, Werner has had 16 um, goals overturned <laughs> since joining Chelsea. It's the most bony place. The unluckiest he- man in the league, I tell you what. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that yeah. goal, um, I'm still angry about. That was the most ridiculous decision in the history of football. Almost, it was rubbish. Um, so first time watching it, huh? <laughs> first time having one of those uh, overturned. <laughs> no, I mean it's the rules, but you know you you got to. No, live but with it's it. not. It's not the rules. It's it's the yeah, it that was the no. It's not a. It wasn't blatant. Um, it fell in the lead up. It, okay, it wasn't the lead up. It was twenty seconds. Yeah, but that Southampton didn't play. Southampton because didn't ha- touch the ball in between. But that doesn't mean it's the same play. Yeah, it, that, that's, defines, but that's the way it's because how because now how long before um, they go back? You know how long does VAR VAR is meant to be? The twenty goal. seconds isn't it's as long. It's not meant to be think. the comment. 20 seconds is a long time in a goal. If you think, how long does it take for the ball to get to, from, say, a corner kick to a striker? Well, the thing is, the thing is... Two seconds? Did, Chelsea didn't... The Southampton didn't touch the ball in between. Chelsea didn't have a shot in between. And the way that's interpreted... didn't cause an advantage either. Yeah, well, the way that's interpreted is that that's in the lead-up. That's how they did interpret that. Um, so but, it's always so been interpreted. That's why well, so I mean first time. Like it's frustrating when you've come across it. No, no, no. Time. It's it's not the first time it's happened. But it but Chelsea rubbish. Recent times it is. In recent times, but what happened was that they had had this. Then there was another squabble, um, which led to the goal, which was a fantastic goal, onside, perfect, nothing. The foul was a weak foul, if a foul. Um, yes, yeah. it was in the box, but it was a bit rubbish. Um, via, if the goal had come off, you know, as Piliqueta had passed it and then they scored, fair enough. But that didn't happen. Um, they brought the ball back to the circle. They sat around for about another two minutes. Um, the referee listening to his ear going, okay, blah, blah, blah. Then he eventually decides to go and look at it. Yeah, he looks, at it, he looks at it. He looks at it. He looks at it. He looks at it. He listens to his earpiece. He looks at it again, and then he goes, "No goal." The the I can't remember who was fouled, but they didn't complain about it. They weren't yeah. going, "Oh, look at me." I'm just like, yeah. that's anyway. the the gray but area no with dis- VAR is that 
you know, they shouldn't, the, v, the reason that VAR is there is that it gives another opinion. Mm. And the fact that they give it back to the referee who's already given their opinion yeah. and said no foul, that pisses me off because it does. It's VAR is pretty much just saying, oh, look, you can do my job for the next two minutes. Yeah, it should be. It should be if the referee, you know, if they don't see something, but yeah. he watched it and he goes, not a foul, or, or it yeah. didn't lead to the goal scoring opportunity, um, or it didn't, you know, stop them from denying a goal score. And that's another thing with VAR that. is that it brings up the fact, all right, has something happened in the lead up? Like, even if that wasn't what they mm. wanted to do, like, if they that's want the to biggest... look at potential offside, they've then got to look at all the other things that could have gone wrong. And they do that with every goal that's scored. There was quite a few in this match specifically um, VR decisions that didn't go Chelsea's way. Quite a few. Almost all of them didn't go Chelsea's way. Um, The goal that... The other disallowed goal that Chelsea scored, that um, Lukaku scored, with the offside, he he stuck the flag up um, after the event. And I don't think that doing that anymore they're supposed to no no that is what they're doing now they're still doing it but what Lukaku you could see it on the playback what Lukaku Lukaku was doing (laughs) because it's so fine the line he was looking at the linesman and going am I offside am I offside and then he realized I'm not offside or I don't think I am because he's not doing anything where he doesn't look like he's about to put the flag up which is if you're in that position you can't tell where the line is pretty much you have to guess and Lukaku's you know big compared to the rest of them so if it's a hair off, you know, who knows? Well, they've improved. They've improved the offside rule to be more in favor of the attacker. So he must have, have been very, very close. But they didn't review it, which I thought just review it. It was probably offside, but it all gets reviewed. It's it was all in pretty the, close in the ear. You only ever see it get overturned if it is overturned. You never see okay, an well, instance they where that's it given offside. Then. Yeah, well, yeah. it is because it's all it's all automated with the computer. Oh, it shouldn't be. But um, anyway, that's another thing. Um, yeah. Chilwell's giving away a penalty was quite was harsh, but fair. No, that was fair. Very yeah. harsh, though. Be- it was harsh. fair, but... It can't be harsh and fair. <laughs> well, it can be harsh and fair. It was harsh I mean, that it pe- happened. It was a penalty. Yeah, it was, it was a penalty. I agree it was a penalty, but the... It would be harsh if the it, it would be harsh if the foul leading up to the it was, it was a goal fishing was a penalty, but it was a penalty. He he was baited into yeah. what he did. I don't know why you're complaining. You won three one. <laughs> we scored two goals in the last five minutes, so I was very yeah. pissed off for a lot of the game because yeah, nothing was tell. going our way. I can um, tell. <laughs> thank God the referees decided to give James Ward Prowse a red card because that was just the most stupid thing and they were doing it that it happened to um as per the credit his foot got stomped on like hard intentionally they dove into him i was just saying yeah but james world prowse getting that red card um thank god if he didn't get that the the, they would have burnt down the stadium i I swear to god um the second last goal team of verna finally got redemption that was great to see um great goal too um his reaction was good as well yeah, um, Barkley coming on, um, assists one assist, one touch, assists the goal. Um, first time on in a year, fantastic. And the goal, the last goal, Chilwell's goal, eventually, 
was like a bit of like a one of those what are they called um the pinball pinball machines <laughs> um but it obviously crossed the line and the the saves are good but yeah anyway three one which it should have oh. been anyway but um so if you looked at this you go yeah that's fair but the game oh my god it was a shocker you're done anyway the event yes <laughs> all right you <laughs> can ease for the next few leads defeated watford uh one nil I think it was, is that their first win of the season? Surely not. Yeah, it was. It was Leeds' first win of the season, 1-0 against Watford, uh, Laurenta in the 18th minute. And then after this match, Watford went ahead and did something that we'll talk about in the rundown. Um, but yeah, something very un- unexpected, if you ask me, um, to see what he had achieved there before Sunday. But uh, we'll talk about that soon enough. Uh, Wolves defeated Newcastle 2-1. Uh, Huang Hee Chan with a brace. Uh, Hendrick with only one for Newcastle. But I think this new partnership of Jimenez and Huang Hee Chan is I don't know, one to look out, especially in the next couple of games where they've got a decent run of fixtures. Um, they might be able to pick up a few uh, good points hauls. Um, Brighton and Arsenal played at a nil-all draw, which I watched half of it and... Just from watching, I don't think either side deserved to win. I think nil-nil was just about right. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, don't think I would. I would say that was pretty yeah. fair. Arsenal might have lost their little streak. Um, I think both teams would take a point anyway, regardless. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're going to have agree. to. But... I saw a lot yeah. of um, angry comments um, or, or tweets about Australian Arsenal fans who got up or stayed up till 3.30 in the morning because um, that's when it was on to see a nil-nil draw. Uh, I mean, that, that's the chances you take, I suppose. Um, yeah. It's sad enough that it's, it's hard enough being an Arsenal fan, but to get up at 3.30 to, uh, to <laughs> nil-nil draw. Shocking. Uh, kicking the teeth. Um, but yeah, I'd agree. No team was the dominant force. Um, yeah. Which is surprising, I think, after the way that Arsenal played against um, Tottenham. Um yeah, that just I mean, and especially window. Brighton's, especially Brighton's start to the season. I think both of them would have been looking mm. or would have looked like they would have won. Neither team really did. And now Tottenham uh, ahead of Arsenal again. Um, yeah, after one week. Anyway, that's the race that um, no one's watching. <laughs> um, uh, next, a few people, but not not anymore. Yeah. Uh, next up, Crystal Palace and Leicester played out a two-two draw. Um, what was a very exciting match went down to the very end. Uh, Ian Atchel mm. and Vardy put Leicester ahead in the first half. Vardy uh, went ahead in the golden boot with his sixth of the season. And then Palace Wetton scored two in the second half with Elise and Schlupp. Um, yeah, equalizing uh, in the 72nd minute. And the game petered out to uh, share the points. Um, Tottenham played Villa at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Pierre-Mil with the first in the 27th minute. Uh, Ollie Watkins got on the board in the 67th to tie the game. And then Matt Target uh, got an own goal in the four minutes later um, to give Tottenham the win. Just to go back a step, uh, I think that what Patrice uh, ever has... No. Yes. He's the manager. Palace. Patrick Vieira... What uh, yeah. what Patrick Vieira has done at Palace so far, I think he deserves a bit of praise for. Um, I think he's done really, really yeah. well. Um, anyway, 
move on. I mean, they're yeah, they're just about where they are. I think where they should be. Not too yeah. high, not too low. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's Tottenham. Right. Tottenham getting three points there. Brentford got a big three points away at uh, West Ham, the London Stadium, uh, in Burmo with the first in the twentieth minute, which uh, just crossed the line. Fabianski saved it after it went past the line. Uh, Jared Bowen equalised in the 80th minute. Uh, West Ham were pressing for, I'd say, 93 minutes of the second half. Um, but then Vista scored in the 94th minute to put Brentford ahead again. But yeah, as I said, West Ham dominated the second half until pretty much the final minute where Brentford got one uh, one last set piece and they made, made it count. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't take anything away from Brentford either. Definitely deserved, you know, points at least and lucky enough to get the three. Um, but yeah, another mm. insane start from them up to seventh now after seven games, 12 points, three wins. And you wouldn't be complaining if you're a Brentford fan. No, I, I don't think they would, even if they were 16th, 16th 17th. Yeah. I think they'd be, yeah, we're in the Premier League, but no, nah, they've done extremely well. Um, yeah. Still a long way to go. And we've seen, you know, uh, teams like Sheffield and Leeds have uh, decent starts this season. You know, they may end up finishing mid-table. Of course, I'll take that. But anything higher than mid-table, I think, is a A-star for them. Um, last game for Match Week 7, Liverpool and Man City at Anfield. Um, nil-nil at halftime. Um, very, very even start. Uh, Man City probably the aggressors early on. A um, lot of chances and Mane uh, scored good team goal for Liverpool in the first for the first goal, 59th minute. Phil Foden, who was making the most of James Milner at right uh, at right back, continued to attack down that left flank and finally got through, uh, making it 1-1 in the 69th minute. Then Mohamed Salah, who I think, as a Liverpool fan, think he scored one of his best goals for Liverpool um, here going past yep. four defenders um, and they're putting Liverpool ahead once again in the 76. I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was Salah. I think that Ben Messi flew over from Paris. He put a <laughs> Salah suit on and played because you know that what it, was it, Messi-esque. That was, it reminded that was a me great of, goal. It reminded me of one of his, the goal that won the Puskas award, the one against Everton. When it was it was snowing yeah. that day, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. He did it in that first season for Liverpool. He scored probably three or four goals exactly. Like that. He scored one against Southampton, Roma in this Champions League, Tottenham. He did it as well. I remember watching that one. But he's, you know, he had to uh, go to different routes to score because you know that came pretty predictable come season two. Um, and now he hasn't done it in two or three years. <laughs> he can do it again. But yeah, I that would be one of his better goals I've ever seen him score. Um, and he also joined Vardy, equal uh, equaled Vardy at the top of the Golden Boot Race on six. Um, and then Kevin De Bruyne, um, again, in the 81st minute with a left-footed shot from outside the box. Really good goal. Um, made me Kev. put my head into my pillow. I was just absolutely devo after that goal. And I was thinking, oh, the sellers yeah. wanted off that I... off his boot. And then, yeah, I mean, the only... what can you do? The biggest criticism I'd say for this match would be Liverpool might have kind of thrown it away a little bit towards the end. Um, it seemed as that after they scored, they went really reserved and yeah, you know, they didn't continue to thrive off the momentum. 
and mm. it goes to show. I mean, Foden good for a neutral ten minutes game, after. Though. Yeah, that's what I was saying. As oh, Mimi cousin, we both go for Liverpool. We're talking about it. Like, we're watching it, and he goes, oh, "That was still exciting." Like, despite the result, two-two, yeah. you'd take like. Not that yeah, I'll take I mean, a draw any day, but you know, I, I, Pep's is a good watch. Pep Guardiola's comments after the match was, "I love the Premier League." Um, yeah, just saying how good a match was. Um, <laughs> there was there was an instance in the game where um, Milner made an attempt. It should have been a yellow card. I admit it should have been yellow, um, but got away yeah. with it. And then Pep was going absolutely bonkers on the sideline. And then there's a picture of um, him and James Milner, or like there's this video when all the press conferences are going on. He's literally just talking to James Milner for probably about five or six minutes, and they they just seem to be laughing and everything. That be his I mean, second yellow. No, that was, that was for his first, but then like uh, post match in hindsight, you know that would yeah, have yeah, been yeah. A, a second yellow, yeah. Um, but yeah, if I was to say anything, Lucky. very exciting till the end. Let's have a look at the prem table. I mean, still yeah. Let's have a look show. at the Premier League table. Chelsea on top, sixteen points. Liverpool Sorry. one point behind. Can you say that again? You can rewind. It well, if you who's want. first? You can just go back five seconds if you want to hear that again. Um, right, Liverpool second. On 15 points, still yet to lose. I'll point that one out. And City <laughs> City third on 14. United, Everton, and Brighton also on 14, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And yeah, Brentford. I'll just Tottenham, say you don't have seven, to win. Eight. You don't have to win every battle, but to win a war. Let's just, let's just put it that way. It's easier to win the war if you win every battle. Not always, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> in this battle, uh, but yeah, good. Right. Still, still, um, chance yeah. of invincibility. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brighton, Southampton. Oh, yeah. not Brighton. Burnley, Southampton, Newcastle, Norwich. All yet to get three points. Oh, a win. Southampton are on yeah, four that, points. That area um, changed quite a bit. Um, down there. Um, Leeds were the only one to escape. Um that relegation battle um but yeah they're now out at the moment only be um, right they got yeah. at the wheel. i'd love to know how long this episode's been because we're still <laughs> we've only just got through yeah. the results now um but yeah we'll move on to the rundown which i'd is say the last you bit. can say norwich are de facto relegated already yeah they are i can't see them coming back uh i'll put, i will be surprised i'm just gonna do some research right now because I think that it's probably the worst start to a season ever, if I'm right. They did the same. They did the exact same thing. They're going to um, beat their own record, are they? Probably. Hang on anyway. No, no, no. Let me do some research real quick. Premier League outrights. To be, I reckon they're under a dollar five to be relegated. Relegation. Dollar twenty-five. I'd be slapping the house on that. I might be homeless at the end of the I year, but I could buy two houses if, <laughs> if they win. All right, let's move on to the rundown. This week on the rundown, on Tuesday, England and Liverpool legend Roger Hunt passed away at the age of 83. Um, this came as um, yeah. quite a shock. Um, another England as do legend. Most, as do most deaths. Yeah. Um, so, 
I don't know if you want to talk about because you're a Liverpool fan, but I've got some things. Uh, you had all the notes. I didn't. I didn't take a picture of your notes okay. yet. But yeah. that's right. Uh, I mean, that's I mean, right. Liverpool, uh, so, Liverpool, and England legend, uh, second highest Liverpool yeah. goal scorer. You've got the rest. He yeah. He played 440, 404 matches for Liverpool between nineteen fifty eight and nineteen sixty nine, scoring two hundred and forty four goals in all competitions. Um, he went to Bolton Wanderers between nineteen sixty nine. To 1972, played 76 games, 24 goals. Um, he played then for a South African side, uh, Helena, on loan from Bolton Wanderers um, in 1971. So collectively, he played 486 goals for 486 games and scored 272 um, goals in all competitions. Uh, so, but just to think about that, so he started in 1958 and played um, till 1971. So that's a pretty big career, especially back in the day. Um, 13 years. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Um, 14, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was a member of the 1966 England World Cup winning team, uh, playing all six games and scoring three goals before me. Uh, <clears throat> uh, partnering with uh, Jeff Hurst, um, who scored in the final against West Germany. Uh, he had 34 caps for England, 18 goals. Uh, Hunt remains Liverpool's second all-time uh, league goal scorer, uh, under, just under Ian Rush, who I think has a bit of a lead. Um, so yeah, now that... the another bit of sad, sad news to come of this, or realisation, is that of the 22 players in the England squad, um, and 23, if you want to count the manager, only seven are still alive. Uh, so that's George Cohen, Sir Bobby Charlton, Sir Jeff Hurst, uh, Ron Flowers, Terry Payne, George Easton, um, Ian Callahan, um, and they're the only ones that remain. Um, mm. So there will be a time very soon where there will be potentially no members of this team still around. And perhaps yeah. before England win another if they ever do win another World Cup, um, which is quite, you know, scary to think about. Um, I'll also put the point that the youngest of them is, I believe, Jeff Hurst, who is 80, 80 himself. Um, so yeah. they're not getting any younger. Um, yeah. Anyway. Rest in peace. Else dad or? Rest in peace. Mm. I, mean, I don't really have anything else. I mean, you really said all of it. Um, yep. But yeah. Yeah. On Tuesday, uh, the Commonwealth and UEFA confirmed the new Copper Euro America, such a great name, uh, match to be played between the champions of Europe, uh, Italy, and the champions of South America, Argentina, sometime, uh, I believe, in June next year. Uh, from just having a look. I forgot to put the notes for this, but yeah, um, twenty twenty-two. I'm not yeah. sure if this is meant to be uh, a one-off as announced, or if they're going to continue to do this after this year or every every time you know this happened. Um, but I think it'd be a good idea because the original plan was to do it for uh, Diego Maradona, who was obviously Argentinian and played a lot of his mm. most successful club career in Italy. Um, 
but I think it'd be a good idea to keep it running each year. You know, it's another one-off well, each, that, oh, you know, yeah, each time this happens, each four each, years. Every four years or, well, yeah. Yeah, the, um, the Copper America doesn't tend to happen every four years. It's one, three, five, two, three, four, one, one. But you can still do... Weird. You can still but every do the time they both, against yeah, yeah, the rainy Euros. and I think perhaps even calling it the say Diego Maradona Trophy would be um, a good touch if there yeah. is one already, which I'd be surprised if there isn't. Um, yeah. Moving on on Sunday, Watford sacked uh, head coach Cisco Mumez um, after only ten months in charge of Watford, and and uh, you want you want to talk that. of it. You want to talk about harsh? This is the harshest thing I've seen all week. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh my god! Like the thing is, he was thrown into the Watford managerial role. You know, like pretty much at the start of their season last season, gets mm-hmm. some automatic promotion to the Premier League, gets a pretty decent seven points in seven games out of the relegation zone, and they've gone and done a Watford and sacked him. <laughs> I can't understand why. I don't. Know. I don't think anyone does. They must have had some sort of expectation that they've agreed on. Well, yeah. First, it was a bit of speculation whether he had walked out or he'd been sacked, but it was. Yeah, he'd, he'd been, been sacked. sacked. Yeah. Um, I think it's they had a better offer. Um, sadly, in uh, Claudio Ranieri. I don't um, know if they has. I don't, I don't has, know if they had already talked to him. Well, if it happens this fast, it bloody makes sense that they've talked to him. Because that's it takes so a, sad. Yeah, because um, it seems like he's already accepted it. It's not official, but it seems like he has, from many reports, accepted um, that job. Obviously, winning the uh, Premier League in that amazing season with Le- Leicester City. I can't see him doing the same thing at Wofford. Who knows though? Um, he probably would have said yeah. the same thing back then. Oh, everyone did. They were that's five thousand to one. So, yeah, um, yeah I. Not deserved, especially considering where they're sitting. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, um, second. I mean, they're only what five points behind Brentford. And yeah, with them. So, also point out he won, um, fourteen out of the last eighteen matches. Um, fourteen out of the eighteen matches he when he took over at the end or the last portion of the championship season to see them automatically promoted to the Premier League. So, um, yeah. He's I mean, if I was well a Watford there. fan, I wouldn't be happy. But no, um, you also I wouldn't think... expect any less. <laughs> yeah, but from what I've been hearing, is a lot of the other managerial changes have been accepted um, or appreciated, maybe even by Watford um, in the past few years. But this one has, yeah, not made a lot of them. It has made a lot of them um, angry. Um, yeah. Anyway. I think that's about it for the podcast and for the rundown. Did you have anything else to add? Um, yeah, I mean, this week there's some internationals still to play. Sorry, mm. my mic's a bit far away. Yep. Um, we got Nations right. League, uh, semifinals and third oh, place and final, which will be on uh, during the week and over the weekend. Um, and then we've also got World Cup qualifiers, you know, in Australia, South America, Europe. Um, Asia, I should say, but yeah. So I mean, good chance to see your favourite players in action for their international sides. Um, for the tips this week, we both got fourteen points, so the gap remains at sixteen, sixty-eight to fifty-two. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's about it for the potty. Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. Make sure to follow us over on Twitter at 91 underscore pod for updates about us and the world of football. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at RP underscore shop. And you can follow myself at Thomas Hayes underscore. You can also find all of our contacts and references in the description of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. See See you later.